0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to
1: the Underdog Sports NBA show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. <laughs> Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recaps the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 207 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Lorian and joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today?
0: I'm doing really well. I'm joining the finals. Right now it's 3-2 Warriors. We were saying right before you fired up the mics it's been the best finals in a while it just feels like both teams are, are healthy they're locked in they're just kind of trading punches it's very competitive even if each game hasn't come down to the wire each game I actually looked it up it's been a 10-point game but it's, each one has been watchable and felt competitive
1: every game oh every game has had a margin of victory a margin of 10, 10 points, points yeah. but like game four you know boston was up fo- up four with five minutes to go or up five with four minutes so i can't remember what it was and they end up Losing, like I mean, every game has been relatively close and had tense moments. I do think like last year's finals was good, but it was a shorter season and there were a bunch of injuries. And like this year, it just it just feels like these two teams. I don't know if they're the best two teams. Boston seems like they probably are from a skill and athleticism perspective, uh, but it just seems like these two teams are a very fun matchup for each other, and and I've been enjoying it. So, like you said, there was a game on Monday night. It's Tuesday. Uh, those of us who watched it on the East Coast are very tired today. I'd like to complain about that, but I'm, I'm sure I won't get very far because you got to watch it at, I don't know, what no,
0: time? No, I'm, I'm in bed as soon as it's over. Six so,
1: o'clock yeah. Pacific time, right? But I uh, I don't know. Do you want to start? Like, do you want to go backwards? Do you want to start in game three? Or do you just want to talk about kind of our overarching? Well, let's, let's say
0: on last week's episode, you know, like a show, we'll recap what happened last episode.
1: We, We covered the two games in Golden State.
0: Right, and I made this vision. Do you remember this? You did. Said, you said it was going to I had be a vision. Three, three one. I said the Warriors would be down three one, and then they would come back and the reason and win. And the reason I thought they would come back is they would make an adjustment, start auto porter, and go small, and it would work. They were down two one. They ended up starting auto porter and won two in a row. Except I would take credit, but auto porter probably had his two worst games of the playoffs. <laughs> it looked was- like a non-factor. But I do think going small was helpful for the Warriors.
1: I agree with you. Um yeah, Auto Porter, the start of game four, he was so bad. It was like it was like five minutes of like, does this guy know how to play basketball? Like, can he not be a
0: starter? Which is crazy because when he you looks like it, he's he's not healthy. And then but having Gary Payton kind of fill that role of like the a small ball wing. Yeah has been huge. Like he just can do that so well for a so, guard.
1: So I, I would say like, if you were a Warriors fan or you were a Celtics fan, you've dealt with like a lot of emotions, right? Cause the Celtics win game three, uh, they played really well in game three, made a ton of shots, scored 116 points. And and we kind of figured like, you know, I don't want to say I thought whoever won game four was going to win the series. Cause I, I I think Boston can easily win game six and game seven, but not, not like it won't be easy, but they, right. they could do it, you know, but they come out in game four and, and, just have a terrible third quarter. Steph plays, you know, one of the better finals. I mean, other than like Giannis's 50 ball last year is, you know, one of the better finals games in recent memory. I guess LeBron had a 50 point triple double recently too. But like, I didn't expect Golden State to win game four. Uh, And I thought like their energy level and their toughness really impressed me. And I don't Mm -hmm. normally like talking about like intangible things. But if you asked me what I thought the difference in these two teams were right now, I, I just think Boston is... I don't want to see like they're not about the right things. I, I think that's fine. But I just think Boston is just like not ready for this type of moment at this point in time. Maybe, maybe they will figure it out, right? They figured it out against Miami and they were able to, to win a game seven. But like it just seems in certain situations where like Golden State just has all these guys that have been there before. You know, even like Otto Porter, like we're talking about him not being able to start, but like he played a ton of playoff games with the Wizards, right? Like Otto Porter's been in big moments before and he hadn't won anything. But like it just feels like Golden State knows how to win and Boston does not and I, and I hate to say that because I think Boston is better than golden states and I, I think when you know, i I, I
0: agree with you on that on that latter point and I think there were signs that Boston tightened up like you talked about you know just bad turnovers missing free throws you know the technicals they had a couple <laughs> bad technicals I thought the
1: the Marcus smart tech was quite something because like you could see it coming right so he comes into the game at the start of the fourth quarter in a big moment, right? Like the, the Warriors, this is a game five Warriors have that Jordan Poole like banks in a three to start the, to end the third quarter. And you could sense like how loud it was a big moment, right? Cause the Celtics had such a huge third quarter and then Poole comes in, shoots an air ball, on, like the first play of, game, of the fourth quarter. And so then, but the Warriors are clearly like defending or whatever. And they go back to Marcus smart right away. And then he flops on a play against Klay Thompson where he can just stay in front of Klay Thompson can't move Zan. Why is he flopping to try to get a push off? Clay Thompson makes a three. Then they go down the other side of the court. Jalen Brown pump fakes gets fouled. They call it on the floor. Marcus smart gets a tech huge moment, right? It pushes the lead, I think to 10. And then the very next play Jordan Poole flops and gets an offensive foul on Marcus smart, probably because Marcus smart had been complaining the whole time. And the rest were just like, all right, you're a dick. Like I just, I couldn't believe that sequence of events. It was such a huge part of the game.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, sometimes guys will get attack coaches, especially like to make a point and, you know, for the future to kind of like guilt trip the refs. But when you're in a, you know, in the finals, it's a two, two series. Like you really can't sacrifice points. Oh, you you can't. You're right. um, But I think there's a basketball reason that Boston looked worse, too. And I think it's like a series adjustment they have to make where it's, as mentioned, like. They've been used to like, just like wearing teams down with their size and their defense and playing Horford and Robert Williams together. And Golden State's like, look, we usually start Looney and Draymond, like kind of two bigs, but like, they're not that helpful together. They're worse than Boston's big. So we're going to go small and it's been effective. And I think Boston, like, not that they haven't adjusted. Like, I just don't know if they can adjust because they, they have limited wing depth, you know, like they only play basically. seven guys guys. guys. yeah and tatum and brown both played 44 minutes and they're playing hard on both ends and they're
1: playing and they're playing every minute of the second half i think that's two games and and you can see
0: tatum was tired at times and maybe that contributed to like the brain farts and the turnovers i don't know
1: so let me let me let me ask you this i don't know if this is really a question but one of the things that i think has been much more noticeable as this series has gone on is that this the celtics as good as jason tatum is he's had a I would say like people would probably say that his game five was like his better game in the series, but realistically like the reason Jason Tatum's numbers look good is because he's shooting it well from three. He's yeah. been very bad inside the arc. He's been very bad going to the rim. He's shooting 66% of the foul line. Like that, that's kind of weird. Six I, I'm not sure why that's the case. He has 18 turnovers in five games. Like him, Marcus smart and Jalen Brown together have 33, 43 49 turnovers in five games like you just can't win that way and, and i know like i
0: do wonder like um, some people have pointed this out on social media of course but you know especially jalen brown not the greatest ball handler you said it a lot too like and you can kind of make him you know get to his spot that he does not want to go to and you can strip him if you if you drive make
1: them drive left like yeah. it, it's it's an adventure every time and and the warriors they made a couple adjustments last night i want to talk about but like i i think that like do you be, think
0: like over the course of a series i'd be curious to look up how they've done because they you know like they swept brooklyn but then they went four three four three like did teams kind of like quote unquote like figure them out over the long series or I, did they play about the same threat? i don't know i think they're
1: i think golden state has done the best job defending them and, and part of it is that like i mean steph curry will win mvp if they win even though he had a dud in game five and, and he still you know he played he was a pretty good playmaker and he actually defended really well and they they hunted him a good bit I thought on Monday night but I mean Andrew Wiggins has been so good defensively which I I don't think we ever thought we would say just because of his like level of apathy early in his career but I think one of the problems with Boston is like they don't really have because of the way that Marcus Smart plays is not his fault but like because they use him in that wing role they, they don't really have somebody to actually like, set up and create their offense, right? Like, Tatum has gotten better as a playmaker. Jalen Brown has definitely improved as a playmaker. But, like, they don't have a point guard, right? Which is fine. We don't necessarily need a point guard. But they also don't have, like, LeBron or Luka or even, like, Giannis, right? And so in the fourth quarter, we've seen Jason Tatum sort of, like, revert to – nah, you know what? I'm more comfortable shooting fadeaways or like I'm more comfortable taking a pull-up jumper. When in reality, like just take a three, if you're going to do it, you know, like right. just, just take a three. And he is,
0: I mean, to his credit, like I think he's so good. I mean, oh, he's like, skill
1: level wise. He's, he's really skilled, but he was bad in the fourth quarter on Monday night and he was bad but when, in the fourth he, when he's quarter, on
0: of like his threes, like don't even like the net doesn't even move. Like that's how like,
1: that's funny. great. His style points are fantastic. <laughs> how about like the multiple air balls he shot in the fourth quarter? And, and the other thing too is like, and this is where a point guard would help. And, and again, it, they're not going to, don't really have the means to get one right but like he takes so long to get into his offense too people were joking yeah. in game four that they ran like prevent offense which is pretty much what they did do but like at least Jalen Brown tries to still get out in transition and tries to like get to the rim not it's an adventure he he had two just like brutal turnovers in the fourth quarter on Monday but like I think Tatum like needs to if he's tired that's a different question right and there, there's an it's argument scary. for that yeah for sure. But I think Tatum needs to realize like he's like six eight or six nine. Like he, you know, they they try so hard to get switches for Tatum and Brown. When when Golden State fights back and doesn't switch, it's like all of a sudden these two dudes are just much more ineffective because they can't get to their left hand and then they can't create for other people, right? That was what happened in the third quarter, is that for some reason Golden State just switched everything so easily. But then in the fourth quarter, like Curry and Draymond and, and Andrew Wiggins, like, and Gary Payton, who, you know, him and Draymond were spectacular defensively last uh, Monday night. But they just stopped giving up easy switches like they stopped. And I was really impressed to see that. It's like Steve Kerr was like, you know, what? we typically switch everything, but do not pre-switch unless you're in a bad cross match. And that really bothered the Celtics.
0: I think, yeah. And the other thing we talked about before, too, is like the mentality of Boston, whether they were rattled or tight or whatever. I think it does hurt them a little bit when Tatum is so whiny and like he gets deflated and like he like complains after every call and doesn't always get back right away. So, so it's like against Golden State, that's a problem.
1: I don't remember if we were talking about this because Golden State does push the pace more than Boston would like. And Boston is, I mean, Tatum and Brown are animals in transition. Brown specifically is an absolute like bulldog downhill. But Mark Jackson like the whole game in the fourth quarter, like up until the fourth quarter was just talking about how like the Celtics like they got to shut up like they got to have a film session. And I, I typically think Mark Jackson is not the best announcer, but I, I totally agree with him and I agree with you, Sam, like Jason Tatum's body language in the yeah. fourth quarter as things started to get away, like you, you could just tell like he. And I thought the refs were very bad on Monday night. No, I agree. Thought, they were, I, they I called mean, nothing in the first half, and they started to call everything. They they anticipated fouls when they shouldn't have. Like they were bad, and they shouldn't ref again. In my but,
0: opinion, I agree. But like, and I think Boston has the right to complain a little bit. But hey, you lost by ten. Is, I don't think this that is was who amazing. they are
1: every single game, though. Even when yeah. they get good whistles, like for example, I know, yeah, like Game Three in Boston, they got an incredible whistle, and and the series definitely favors Boston when it's a tight whistle because yeah. of how physical like golden state needs to be against the size and athleticism they can't really win a game that gets called super tight i mean Draymond's fouled out three times already but boston specifically tatum and smart like they complain after every single play no matter what and, and right and, not- and that's
0: like the, the thing that bothers me more as an nba fan is like tatum Will complain and then they'll show replay and he was clearly wrong. It's like, what are you doing?
1: Well, I mean, that's. I mean, how about how about Draymond Green? Like, he absolutely just like destroys Tatum going to the basket and then is like screaming about how it's not a foul and they show the replay and he literally like just smashes his wrist. Like, I, I don't know, man. It, it just seems like I think the officiating for as as poor as I think it's been has been relatively even, in my well, opinion. I thought, like, I thought
0: Boston got a slightly bad whistle, but again, it's not the reason... You're region. talking about Monday
1: night, you thought they got a bad whistle. Yeah,
0: in game five. Yeah. But look, Golden State has been in control, though, was in control of that whole game, except Expl- for that one stretch for, for Boston, like six
1: too. minutes right. in, the, in the third quarter. And then, like, that's the other thing, like, Golden State has gotten... So, probably need to tell the story a little bit, but, like, game four, like, Steph Curry was, like, in my opinion, just, like, flat-out amazing. Like, he just wasn't going to lose, right? Like, it was...
0: It was weird that like Game Four felt like one of his best games ever, and he was carrying like a dog roster. And then Game Five was the opposite, where he had one of his worst games, and the supporting cast carried him. And,
1: and that's that's what I was going to say. Like, so Wiggins has played really well in two straight games, and he's been there. You know, I, I've long been a Draymond defender, but he was quite terrible in Game Four until the last two minutes when he got back into the game. I thought on Monday he was very good. Actually, I, I thought defensively I agree, yeah. it was the type of Draymond that we're typically used to seeing but like the fact that they've been able to rely on Wiggins and the fact that like clay who is clearly limited and and just clearly not the same guy, you know, he made five threes on Monday night. Like he's still able to make shots when they need big makes, right? Like he's still not bothered by the moment, right? He's still there, but like they got so many other contributions. Like I know you've been like pounding the Gary Payton train, even, even like when he was coming out of college, you were a big fan, you know, and he's paid his dues, but like, them going small and, and having, like, Peyton and Jordan Poole in the game, like, the, the the Curry-Clay-Poole backcourt should not be able to defend. But when you have Gary Payton in the game with Draymond Green or even with Looney, who's really good, like, they make it so hard on you on the perimeter.
0: If, right. Gary well, Payton is an that's, like, the key to the game, just, I think, was – Gary Payton, who is whatever, 6'3",
1: 6'4". He, he's an absolute animal. It is insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like his athleticism too. It's and, ridiculous. It's like he can play like, like you you love Bruce Brown and Brooklyn. Similar, where it's like they're effectively like your power forward at times. You know, like it doesn't matter. Like they can guard anybody and, and really provide, you know, shot blocking and, and deep so, like, and rebounding and everything.
1: And he wasn't really effective in game four when they won. And what they did in game four a lot was a ton of high screens for per- Curry. and and when Looney is the one setting those screens, he's an excellent screener. and so they they get a lot more space in the Celtics, I think you know, a lot of people have criticized the Celtics for being in drop coverage. and I, I think you know we we laugh when Curry, I mean, the guy's shooting like he's shooting like fifty five percent off off the bounce threes uh, up until Monday night. But like when Williams and or Robert Williams specifically and uh, Al Horford, like were up further close to the screen, drop coverage was pretty good, and Steph had to work hard to get himself like relocation threes but they didn't do that really in game five. And I think that's one Looney had three fouls, so they had to be different, but they ran a lot more of their motion stuff. And with Gary Payton there as a guy that can drive you, like you get a lot of other mismatches and that's what happened. Like Wiggins ended up on Horford a ton and he was able to take advantage of that. And like, so while Curry played bad, you know, his gravity and the effect of him running around opens up more space and gets more mismatches for other dudes. And I thought it was like, really interesting to see a totally different offensive philosophy in game four and game five. And I think Steve Kerr, who I was being very critical of in the moment uh, on Monday night, as I went back and kind of reviewed before we recorded today, did a pretty spectacular job in my opinion, because that was going to be the only way they could win the game because they couldn't really play the ball screen offense. And the Celtics aren't going to, they're not going to blitz when Draymond's in a ball screen. So they don't really get an opportunity to like, have Draymond playing four on three. And as you've been so giddy to point out, he has been turning down shots. Like he's allergic to the rim. Yeah, And so like, you can't really put him in, in high ball screens, but you can do it with Gary Payton some, and you can do it with Looney. And so yeah. I'm very curious to see what Boston decides to do in game six.
0: Cause well, the reason Gary Payton's like a legit, I would curious to know your thoughts on him outside of golden state. Cause this is a great situation for him, but he converts around the rim. Cause he's so athletic. He's has become not afraid to shoot three. Yeah. Like
1: he's an, he's a capable open three point shooter. He
0: he shot 36% this year, probably worse than that, but he'll take it. And then, you know, defensively 2.8 steals per 36. He blocks shots at the same rate 0.7 per 36 as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So like he plays bigger than his size. Do you think he could do this, be a 20 minute, 25 minute guy? On another team, or is it just because Golden State shooting is so good? It's and-
1: very hard. I think it's very hard to put a guy like Gary Payton when he has to be a shot maker. And don't get me wrong; like he made a he made a big corner three last night. He even shot like an above the break three that I, I yeah. thought was a bad shot for him. But I think like you know him taking the shot is a good sign. I think with Steph Curry, you can get away with a lot of stuff, right? Just because his just uh, of how the floor is spaced when he's on the court. I, I don't think like if you put him with like. If you put him in like Philly, like just well, use let's, let's say you it.
0: switched him and Marcus smart. Like how much worse would Boston be?
1: It's a good question. They'd be worse. I think, you know, smart is, I don't know for all we, we, this is kind of turned into like for a long time we were like LeBron haters. Right. But now LeBron's not in the playoffs. So like we can't hate on LeBron. So like Marcus smart is like turned into the guy that we just like dump on all the time. Marcus Smart is a good player. I mean, he's better than, than Gary Payton. Like, oh, I just I sure. I mean, wondering. I don't know like if you they think... would prefer to have Marcus Smart, I'm sure. Although him yeah. and Draymond on the same team would be just like unwatchable. But I think Gary Payton could play that role credibly. Like, I, 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 I'll i tell you this. I think there's a legitimate question based on how Derek White has played since game one of whether you'd rather have Gary Payton or Derek White.
0: Yeah. And, that, and that's sort of like maybe best case scenario for Gary Payton second where it's like, can he be that Derek White? you know, 25, 30 minute and, guy. And it's interesting. By the way, Derek White's getting paid $16 million a year. That's and, a and don't get me wrong. Again, Derek
1: White is better. Derek White's a better shot maker. Derek White is, a. I mean, I thought before the series better, you know, getting his own shot, but like the Warriors have very clearly targeted Derek White when he's in the game. Like that's been one of the other big adjustments is like they drive Derek White. They don't really try to do that. Like Tatum and Brown are really solid defensively. Um, probably my biggest takeaway from Boston at, at this point is like, I, Robert Williams is excellent. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's at full strength Zan, but like, he's just, he, he's a great rim protector. He's much more skilled on offense. I think than people realize like that's a, that contract is a steal. And granted, like he was kind of a shithead early in his career and Boston, you know, worked with him and everything. So they probably deserve the fact that he's going to be underpaid, but like Robert Williams is great. But I think that's the the main issue with, with Boston is like you said, they, they probably need one more wing and, and you could put Gary Payton in that role. as that other wing because he could come in the game and defend Steph Curry. The well, same And way a lot of
0: it. teams are thinking that because he is a free agent this off season. it will be interesting. Golden state has 170 million on the books for next season already. Yeah. And there's some guys like Gary Payton and-, and Kevin Looney are free agents. Otto is a free agent. Jordan pool is going to be a free agent in two years um, after the next season. Well, so, that's what we- I mean, can you spend, you know, $300 million? I don't know. I mean, we talked
1: about this, right? So I had texted you that this was even before the game on Monday that Andrew Wiggins, in my opinion, like the most fun story of the playoffs has been like watching Andrew Wiggins, like actually have a legitimate moment. Cause like whether or not we ever thought he was like a great player, you know, he certainly wasn't inefficient one, but he's sort of changed who he is as a career. We talked about this before and, and how he's probably worth pretty close to the money he gets paid at this point for what he does. But and he was their best player on Monday night and he was their second best player on uh, Friday night, Friday night. And, like, the rebounding, like, we never saw him go get rebounds like this, right? We've never seen him, like, get in a stance and, like, take the challenge. Like, Golden State, at, at midseason, we were saying, like, oh, are they going to trade, you know, Andrew Wiggins to get some salary relief? Like, how could they do that, Sam? They can't. He's yeah, no, he's, it, too it, he's way too important. So I think what's going to happen is I, I think if you're Gary Payton, right, he's older, too, because he was a JUCO guy. Yeah, he's
0: 29.
1: They probably can't. Resign Gary Payton Not that they shouldn't Like if they want To pay the tax And the owners don't care They got all this Silicon Valley money Like go ahead and do it But you're Gary Payton Like you gotta go Get the most money you can You get one shot At like the big Especially
0: if you can't Get a ring now You gotta check that Off the box
1: But like Otto Porter For example Already made like A hundred million From the Wizards So like maybe Maybe OP wants to You know sign And Kevon
0: Looney I think is the guy That most teams Will be like He's, he's good, good for knows. the Warriors. He's not really going to be a big money guy. I'm very
1: curious about Kevon Looney because every year I watch him in the regular season and I'm like, man, I think they're paying him too much. Like, yeah. And then I watch him in the playoffs and I'm like, you know what? He's switchier than you think. Like yeah. he he did have a, a brutal missed layup at a big moment in the fourth <laughs> quarter on Monday night. But yeah, he's he's very like his knees are bad, whatever. But like he, he I want to say he's probably shooting. Yeah. I mean, he's shooting like 70% from the field. It, so it's, you know, he, he catches bounce passes and finishes he, he dunks he's a, he's actually an okay rim protector for being a guy who's probably 6'8 but he also is like an animal out of area rebounder too like i i think they have to i think got to pay looney 10 million a year like if that's what he
0: commands i see i just don't think there would be a huge market cuz i think most people are like you don't think he's so? not you know i think he works for them as a rotational let he's me
1: ask not. you this would you rather have Kavon looney at his money or deandre eight like mm-hmm. Like if you're the Suns, like would you pay Looney and then? Well, use if you're some saying ten money? million,
0: I'd rather have Aiton. No, no, but, no, no, but I'm like... saying,
1: but I'm saying, if you can get Looney and something else, or have DeAndre Aiton, would you rather have Looney for like? Let's say you give Looney forty million, and then you have another forty-five to fifty to spend on the rest of your team. Knowing how good Looney, is. I like is,
0: Looney, but I I don't wouldn't pay over. And, and six million for him like he's he's only 26 he looks like he's 36 but yeah but he
1: played one year right in college yeah. and uh you know he he was he had some
0: injuries the, the speaking of checkbooks the, did you see the douchiest take Ryan Windhorse after the game did you see this oh I didn't <laughs> on sports center he said other teams you know jealous the warriors have like you know the top payroll he goes so other teams you don't just have to beat the warriors on the court you got to beat their checkbook this game was a checkbook win for the Warriors. It's like, what? It's like, that's the stupidest the thing
1: ever. Like, you know, here's the here's the fact of the matter. The entire Warriors dynasty, we've talked about this before. They've made a lot of great moves. They've, you know, they had to draft and play Draymond, and they ended up getting themselves a guy who, like I said, I think is going to be a hall of famer. But, like, the salary cap jump and all that, like, none of that is – because of the Warriors, like they just took advantage of a the situation. They got lucky that the Bucks picked Monta Ellis instead of Steph Curry. They got lucky that Curry had hurt his ankles. Like it just is what it Everything is. Everything they like,
0: did was smart. Even like, like the D'Angelo Russell thing where it's like, it's we're exactly going to right. deep into the luxury tax for a player is not worth it knowing that, hey, the salary mm-hmm. might be useful.
1: Right. And they got Andrew Wiggins and clearly developed him more in their system. He is mm-hmm. a much more winning basketball player, a better basketball player. I, I think there's a legitimate argument through five games, that he has been as good as Jason Tatum in this series, which you would have never said before the series, like just in terms of his on-court value. And like the Warriors recognizing, like you said, that D'Angelo Russell wasn't a fit with this team, but like, hey, maybe a guy like Wiggins, who's like a long wing, who can, I mean, sometimes make an open three. Other times then it looks like he's trying to like knock the backboard down. It's, it's odd how bad some of his jumpers look and then how good some of his like mid-range jumpers look. I, I don't know. It's yeah. weird.
0: It's almost like like he can't think he shouldn't think like just play like instinctually.
1: I don't know if I said this to you after the game on Monday, but I definitely said this to somebody like the fact that he has just turned into like a one read guy has been so huge for him. Like, oh, Al Horford's on me. I'm going to drive him to the right. Like, I'm not going to try to pass. I'm going to drive to score or I'm
0: I'm glad you mentioned Horford because that was going to be my major like adjustment for Boston. He's got to play less. Yeah. Everyone loves Al Horford. He's been great. And, like, you love a guy like that who's big enough to guard big guys but offensively can stretch the court. In this series, he, he's he been a negative because it's, like, they don't need him to guard anyone because he because Golden State is mostly perimeter players and they could just blow by him.
1: So he, he had 26 and 6, right, in game one, and he made six threes. Yeah. In the next four games, he's had 30 points in total, and he's made four threes.
0: Well, and that's the thing, like, he's – if you're not, you know, using him down low, he's just basically like a spot up shooter. And then he's, if he's hot, that's great. He's a decent three and, and point shooter, but like you can guard him with, as you said, like Klay Thompson or anybody. And, he really. is,
1: and the one thing about Horford, I've always said, and you know this, like he, he is a very good de- team defensive player, but this is not a series for a team defensive player like him. And Robert Williams is just better. Right. And so yeah. I, I had told you that I thought playing Grant Williams and Robert Williams together was the smarter play. But there are times when you can't really play Robert Williams either. And then, like, the second they have Robert or Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Like, I mean, like, yeah, the whole been, team is, he's like, been bad, Grant Williams. Like, he's, he's like I said,
0: rough. Yeah, like, Boston is so big. That I, I said to you, like, I think they're built to, like, beat Giannis with, like, but, all their size. But
1: not built to beat... Winston. Right. So, like, Grant Williams that, is too
0: yeah. slow. Horford is too slow. Robert Williams is fine, but... You know, he can only play yeah 25 i wonder
1: i wonder if healthy robert williams because he is more capable of switching like i wonder if game four steph curry doesn't happen if robert williams is fully yeah, healthy. I, 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 I don't think, think so i don't think
0: that. i still think of this limited robert williams is like clearly like their most impactful. he's really
1: good he's way better def- he's way better defender than marcus smart i know we keep <laughs> harping on this but like robert williams is an excellent player it's i, 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 I think it's this really is my
0: good. prediction because we're probably going to miss the end of the series right because we, if we record once a week we'll miss well, what is it games. what is
1: it they play they'll play the play Thursday, Thursday right? and Sunday yeah so I mean so I we'll- think
0: Boston on Thursday this is my prediction I I don't think they'll bench Al Horford off to start because no, he's like play. such a veteran but they might I think they might start Derek White instead and just go smaller and go with so the one big
1: my question to you if they do that is that like White has clearly been their worst perimeter defender and so yeah. I am very curious like I think you need to play out Horford some. I think it was quite obvious to see. And and we love, we love Jordan Poole. Just just for the content, Jordan Poole is the best. Like he's like getting absolutely like destroyed on defense, but then on offense, he's like making shots or shooting air balls and like loving life. I, I love Jordan yeah.
0: Poole. He's great. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. But,
1: but like he the second he saw that Robert Williams was out of the game, like he goes to the rim. And and you kind of feel I, I don't know if this is a joke or not, but like you kind of feel like, hey, give him his own team or whatever. Yeah. He is incredibly quick and very hard to stay in front of. Now he's struggled finishing at the rim when they've had a rim protector in the game, but like when they haven't, like he and Steph Curry have gotten to the rim plenty and, and right. they have well, a I, of. I
0: didn't facts. think it's a rim protector. It's just Robert Williams. I think That's he's fair. just like he's the, the only one. scary guy.
1: And so, you know, it's interesting because like Golden State doesn't really have a rim protector. I think Draymond has like two blocks. I think Looney has, I mean, Looney's probably got a couple, like two blocks a game or something. I don't know. I, I could look it up, but I'm being lazy. But like Boston, on the other hand, hasn't gone to the rim at all. Like, and and which is, it's okay. They get layups and transition and stuff. And they do get stuff like in the restricted area. But Golden State's perimeter defense has been so good. It's, it's limited that. Whereas like we have seen leaky parts of Boston in terms of, getting in unfavorable matchups and every single time that happens it's it 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 seems like it's horford or it seems like it's graham williams seriously yeah. or derrick white they, they, they've given derrick white a good bit
0: well and that's why like look like minutes wise look, checking the minutes count of al horford in the milwaukee series he played 38 minutes a night there's a couple times he was over 40 which is amazing for a guy his age in golden state series that's down to about 30, I do wonder 27, 30, 20. I think it's going to go down to like 20.
1: You, the rest how of the much fatigue do you think is playing a factor for Boston right now? Cause like we said, like Daniel Tice is out of the rotation. Peyton Pritchard is essentially out of the rotation. He had been kind of fine in his minutes. It's basically the two Williams, Horford, Derek white, smart Tatum Brown. That's it. And they've now yeah. played, you know, they they've only played like two more games in golden state, I think, or three more games maybe, but like, They've played game sevens in back to back series. Like the series against Brooklyn was not an easy series by any means, despite it being a sweep. I know you get multiple days off on travel days and stuff, but like I agree with you. Like I, I thought Jason Tatum looked tired in the fourth quarter on Monday night. And maybe that was just with the one day. I mean, they had two days off, right? Yeah, because they traveled back from Boston. So
0: like Well, and that's what's so helpful about Golden State's depth, or Jordan Poole, where it's like you could sit Steph, for 12 minutes a night and Poole can do like an imitation.
1: Yeah, except for the fact that Steph has been rather good defensively in my opinion. Like I when when they've really worked hard to like keep him in the matchups that he's supposed to be on. Like that's why Draymond I I I, I was ready to talk about how like I thought Draymond's been hurting Golden State defensively and then he he like Trotted out like a vintage Draymond Green defensive performance on Monday night, where he was like, yeah, he was perfect and helped the whole night. But where, like, the first four games of the series, man, he was like running around like a freaking chicken with his head cut off, like trying to get. Well, and I thought it
0: was so helpful that he was attacking early offensively too.
1: Yeah,
0: and like he had that one dunk that he looked good on, and he he made that a couple nice passes. He
1: made a floater in the third quarter that was like huge. They couldn't score. Like, like Golden State was on a uh, Boston was on that big run where they made like eight straight threes, and then. Draymond just drove Derek White, and then made well, like a you know floater. Who, you
0: know Boston, the guy. Like in an ideal world, they'd have like a third guy who could really like create offense and give like your guys a rest. Who are you going to add to Boston? Prime Steve Nash. <laughs> no, I'm just Michael thinking, Jordan. The guy that's let them down is Aaron Nismith because it's you know second <laughs> year guy. There's
1: no way that he's let them down. You're just I'm talking telling about
0: you, he's second year guy, 14th pick. You're expecting that guy to be a rotational player at this point, yeah, and he just is. hasn't been playable. And he projected hurt, as like, like yeah, Is like you know, a shooting wing. Like that's really what they need to play 15 minutes a night. Yeah, and I'm not asking for bench, a lot.
1: The bottom of their bench is well, he's like just a shooter, right? Same thing. Like I loved Romeo Langford, and he's just not going to be a player, right? Like he's gone. They traded him obviously for Derek White, but like so they got they need, some value. They just need
0: like an eighth guy. Like the the small rotation's not working. You need to do you trust Pritchard? They don't do you trust. I don't know. Like throwing Staskis Can you, we get him not, out there? They're
1: not changing their rotation in, in in terms of like the makeup of it. Like
0: maybe very the well may, it's Like we, we very can't well play Tatum ins- forty four again. It's well, they very work.
1: well may play Pritchard ten minutes a game, right? But like yeah. that's not totally out of the realm of what they've done. I think he's averaging about ten minutes a game in the playoffs. I'm,
0: I'm not, but you you have to do something because if we're talking about Tatum, should get down to forty minutes a night. And Horford needs uh, to play five, to, 10 minutes less. Should he
1: get down to 40 minutes a night? I don't, I don't know. 42.
0: It's, let's say, I don't like, know. But if Horford plays 10 minutes less a night, like where are those? Yeah. Where are those
1: going? minutes going? That's exactly right. Cause you, you, you seem to be correct. I think. And I'm not sure that this is just your take in general. But Daniel but like,
0: Tice hasn't played at all. He can't can play you him? play him? No, he can't play.
1: Robert Williams. I, I don't think you can play more minutes. I think that was the point you were making earlier. Like you can probably get 25 yeah. minutes out of Robert Williams and it doesn't And so that's where I think like, I I'm not super excited to give the minutes to Grant Williams, but like, I do think that gives you more of a chance. It's it's interesting that like Grant Williams was such a good Giannis defender and he's been like such a poor Andrew Wiggins defender. And and
0: Durant too, like Durant had trouble with like the strength and length of Boston. And it's just like, that's not golden state. I'm telling you
1: it's, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's the one read thing. It's like, They throw it to Wiggins. He's, like, on the move, and it's either, like, I'm putting my head down and I'm driving to the rim – I'm driving right to the rim, like, with my right hand, or, like, I'm moving the ball. That's it. Whereas, like, Giannis and, you know, Durant, Williams gets a chance to, like, set up and get low and, like, be physical with Wiggins. He just, like, doesn't. Also, like, Wiggins is very slippery. I think you said (laughs) that, like – He He can really blow that. He's longer than you think, right? Like it's not even so much that he's so quick. He's just very smooth that all of a sudden he takes like two strides and he's at the rim. And it's, it's because he plays sort of at like one speed all the time. This was kind of a knock on him, right? Early in his career that like he, he never had any sense of urgency because he does that when he does kind of like break out that second gear, it's, it's surprising. Like the one play that I was thinking of last night was, I don't know if it was the fourth quarter or not. Like, so he had the rebound, great rebound slow outlet to Jordan Poole who barely gets the shot off in the third quarter and banks it in. But then like right out of the gate, I want to say like Jeff Van Gundy was saying, you know, they need to get Andrew Wiggins involved. Like he's got to do it in the very first play. Like they get him on that little split action and he just drives it right to the rim and scores, which is like, you would never see that from him before. Right. Like he would always catch it, like take a jab step. I mean,
0: you could, you said it like you could see why he was the number one pick, like just like athletically. And it's kind of coming together.
1: He, he reminds me of, like when i watch him the the person i always think of is rudy gay where you're just like why is this guy so talented and not like the best player mm-hmm. in the nba you know like just has every skill in the books like the 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 frame the stature and it's been so fun to watch wiggins like i mean do you think i guess you would say tatum or brown has been the second best player in no, the series no i think wiggins has been the second i think wiggins player. has been the second best player in the series although too.
0: there was a lot of bad takes i saw after the game where it's like Wiggins is about to win, you know, finals MVP. I'm no, like, Steph Curry had one bad game. Steph
1: Curry is winning. And and Steph, honestly, like this is, this is, I thought Jason Tatum was pretty good in game one. I mentioned this multiple times. Like I thought Steph Curry was pretty good on Monday night. Other than the fact that he had the like forlorn look on his face and he took some I, wild I don't shot. So.
0: Like he, his shot, he kept shooting like really deep and missing short. And I'm like, I don't he know. Did he did do that. Like, he went I, for, I don't know why.
1: He went for several kill shots. And and I will say this, Zam, like there were a couple moments in the game where I was like, he's going to make a three and it's just going to, the arena's oh, going to explode. for sure. When it,
0: watching the game, like it was close. I'm like, Steph's going to hit four in a row at some point. So
1: he had, so he finished with 16 points on 22 shots, but eight assists, one turnover, and he played well on defense. I thought he held up. I, I, right. And overall I, it still wasn't, averaging
0: 30 points a game. It, for the it
1: certainly games. wasn't like a vintage Steph Curry performance. And, and the fact that, I, I understand, like, if you're Boston, like, you need to look at, like, some optimistic things. And the, the biggest reason for pessimism would be, like, yo, we bought a Steph Curry 0 for 9 from 3 performance where, like, he clearly couldn't make a yeah. shot and we still lost the game. Like, that is, that's... They have to, to feel rejected,
0: but we're writing we're it, like, <laughs> pouring dirt on their, their grave. But I would think they're the favorites in Game 6. Right? Vegas so. agrees, minus I'm, four.
1: Minus four, that seems high. Yeah, it seems a little high. But I like, do think, I do the, think. The, so. the
0: concern is like, can Boston win a game seven at Golden State?
1: Probably. Yeah. I, I, I will say, I, I'll, I'll. Like,
0: what's um, the formula, though? Just like.
1: It's game seven. Anything can happen, right? Like, I guess. I mean, Cle- I, this is stupid because obviously Cleveland had LeBron, but like, Cleveland won a game seven yeah. in Golden State. Like, Is there, there's no reason to say that Tatum can't score 50 in a game seven. And I'm not saying that he, that he will, or he won't, but what I do think has happened is that the Warriors do an excellent job, in my opinion, of pushing the pace when they need to. They have really decided to just hound Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart. Like Marcus Smart, if he's going to be an effective player in this series, like he cannot be turning the ball over, over three times a game. Like, I don't even care if he makes threes. Like he, he, if you do that, great. But like, you can't be contributing to the ball control issues. And we know that Tatum and Brown turn the ball over a bunch. Like that's just how they play. So somebody else has to stop turning the ball over. And I think that one of the things that Golden State has done has been like, we really have just hounded guys on the perimeter. And, and if they want to shoot open threes, like, okay, we'll let that happen. But like, we're not going to let you break us down and get driving kick threes. Like that's not, and, and it's happened some obviously, but they've they've outpossessed Boston in like most games because of the turnovers. And so the formula to me, Zan, you're asking this like ball control for Boston. If if they don't have mm-hmm. a game with, I know like NBC or ABC was putting up the like 16 turnovers, you know, they were like, I think one and seven over 16 turnovers and 13 and two under 16 or something. I'm, I, I don't recall, but I mean, that, that math doesn't work because they have more than that. Three losses, I guess, I don't know, whatever. But if they don't turn the ball over, Right they're probably going to be in the game because if they can, they've outshot golden state from three. Right. So yeah. like,
0: and they can certainly get hot. Yeah. If, I think you're right. If they don't turn the ball over, they, they should be the favorites. And I mentioned like, do teams figure out Boston? Do they get worse as the series goes on? They were down three, two to Milwaukee. Tatum had 46 in game six. and They won the series. They were yeah, down two one to Miami. Like, so they've had comebacks. Down two
1: one to Miami was a little different, though, right? Like they were. Yeah.
0: Well, Lowry was playing weird, and. Yeah,
1: I don't know, and 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 they were up three two against Miami, too, right? And lost a game six at home, and then won a game seven on the road. But
0: at game six against Milwaukee, with their backs against the wall, Tatum had forty six seven threes. That was on the road too,
1: right? Uh, So, and as
0: a team, they only had eight turnovers that game, which I I do think is the key.
1: If you were asking me to predict what I think was going to happen in the series, which you typically do, so we'll we can want we can wind it down. I don't, I don't have much much more to pontificate about. But if you were asking me to predict what is going to happen, I think Golden State is going to win. On when is it Thursday night? Is what we said was game Thursday night. Yeah, six. I think Golden State's going to win, and the reason I think they're going to win is that I think that they have put Boston in a very unenviable position of having to decide how they want to defend. And I think what we've said is like, Hey, Boston's got this amazing perimeter defense, which is true. But like you said, there are some clear fundamental leaks in Boston's ability to defend the perimeter Mm -hmm. when it's not a pick and roll situation. And so what I'm very curious about is to see do they say like, Hey, we're going to try to let Steph beat us again, because they very clearly set out to stop Steph in game five and it didn't work. Right. Like they stopped him and they lost the game anyway. And so I just think that golden state has a, has a very clear advantage from a skill perspective. And I think we're, we're seeing that a little bit more because I, I think at the end of the day, like Tatum is not ready to like take this moment. I, I think we would have seen if if he was, I think we would have seen it in game four. And he very clearly was like, I'm going to revert to my old bad habits.
0: I mean, well, you, know, you made a good point. I tend to agree, but I would say this like, I think if nothing changes, Golden State has the edge.
1: Well, something's going to change. They're obviously going to make adjustments, right?
0: No, but I'm saying like actual, tangible, like rotational changes, starting lineup changes.
1: Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And
0: like, so I thought maybe Derek White would start, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's Grant Williams needing to step up in the sense that, look, Grant Williams can't hang on the perimeter against small guards, but neither can Horford. So, I'm trusting Grant Williams to hit threes more than Al Horford. And to that point, I for, you know, you forgot the extremeness of this. In game seven against Milwaukee, Milwaukee was, wasn't guarding, you know. Grant Williams, uh, right? Grant Williams. He, he shot like 20
1: threes. threes,
0: yeah. He literally shot 18 threes and made seven. And that's not a fluke. On the year, he shot 40%. But from the corner this year, he shot... Over, he shot 46% from the corners this year. So,
1: so let me ask you this question. Grant Williams has 15 shot attempts in this series. How many of them are threes?
0: He has how many? 15
1: field goal attempts. attempts. How many are threes? 10? Nine or threes. So Grant Williams is getting on average two threes a game, right? Like a little bit less than two threes a game. That's not a coincidence, right? Like the way that golden state defends, like, yes, they do. They do. Give up open threes, right? That that does happen. We've seen it happen. But since game one, when they've changed a little bit of the way they defended on the perimeter and they've not switched so much off the ball, guys like like Horford, he's not getting open threes, right? Derek White, not getting open threes. Like they they happen, they have defensive lapses, but like that's a feature, not a bug, right? Like Grant Williams is not h- able to like hunt and get threes right. because
0: yeah, that's fair. And also like Gary Payton or, or especially Wiggins, like if you can guard Tatum and you're comfortable with it, like, you know, he's not breaking down a defense.
1: I cannot believe, I, I know we've been talking about this. Like, I know Gary Payton is great defensively. And I, I I think his size obviously would limit him in in major minutes against Tatum and Brown, but he's been so good. And he's also great in help. Like his hands are so strong. I just can't believe how good Andrew Wiggins has been in one-on-one situations. Like, I just can't, It's 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 like shocking to me. Like he's definitely forced Tatum into some of those bad habits where like Tatum's like, you know, dribble, try to back him down, tries to spin and has to take a, a fadeaway. And like, he can make those shots. And Jalen Brown can make those shots too, when they're over smaller defenders, but like Wiggins is really long. Like he he really bothers those guys. And I well, wonder, I so. right. my question is like, when do you try to post Tatum up a little bit more, like run some actions to get him some stuff closer to the basket
0: to well, see it Depends if- who he's a car. Like, I just don't think he can take Wiggins or Peyton. Like if it's, Staff or whomever.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, so one of the things I thought was pretty funny. I think John Hollinger tweeted this, so I don't want to take credit for it. But you know, when they had Bielitsa in the game in games three and four, you know, Golden State was like, all right, we're gonna attack Bielitsa, but like he's an okay defender. Like, <laughs> well, he there was, there was a
0: stat on that. Tatum on Bielitsa is zero for five with like three turnovers.
1: So they so they go they go up Bielitsa a bunch, and John Hollinger said that like Bielitsa was kind of like the Trojan horse. Like they put Bielitsa in the game with Jordan Poole. so the so the Celtics would be like, all right, great, we'll go after the white guy. But yeah. the, 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 this time, and in, in, the second, in the second quarter of, uh, of game five, they attack Poole pretty, pretty relentlessly. And I think they will continue to do that because that is one of the, you know, I, you don't seem to think Steph Curry is as good a de- of a defender as I do. And I'm, I'm grading him on a curve a little bit because he is, you know, smaller and pretty slight. But like Poole is abysmal. And I think that.
0: Well, you touched on it. You probably can't go too much into this. But every time Bielita like holds his own, everyone's like shocked. Yeah, and every time he's in the game, they attack him, and it's explicitly he he looks chubby too. So it's part that, part the way, part (laughs) his skin color. The guy, I mean, statistically, box plus minus this year plus two defensively. He's a
1: good. He's a good player.
0: He he's been positive over the course of his career on defense. Like, he's not a bad defender. He's sort of like that Grant Williams, like, strong and smart defender. He's, he's, he probably can't he takes, guard everybody.
1: But. Yeah, he takes good angles. Like, you don't always want to be driving him in just, like, one-on-one situations. Like, he'll he'll be physical. And again, you know, one of the big turning points, I think, in game six could be, we don't know who the ref crew is going to be, but if it's going to be a crew, like, I'll just use Scott Foster as an example. He's not the only one that does this. Maybe Maybe Kane Fitzgerald is pretty similar to this, too, but if it's going to be someone who calls a bunch of fouls and calls things tight, like that does favor Boston because Golden State needs to be physical. Like they need to be able to put hands on guys. Uh, I did think that, I'm hoping this was only because of foul trouble, but Steve Kerr did go to Andre Iguodala in the first quarter. Uh, That uh, seemed like a pretty big heat check moment for him. Like, hey, things are going well. I don't think we need a lot of Iggy in the game. And again,
0: show video, because we say Draymond's reluctant to shoot. Iguodala had the ball at one point with like, 10 feet of space yeah and didn't like he like turned his back on it and like looked for somebody to pass to
1: i mean and again it's it's fine like they they ended up playing in four minutes i think and belica played just over four minutes and i do think they should they should randomly insert belica and just just for a different look because i think it does you know boston does want to hunt mismatches right they don't run golden state runs this beautiful like passes cuts blah 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 boston doesn't do that boston's like we got big guys who can make shots. We're going to hunt the best matchup and go.
0: And I think uh, that's, like it, that's like the one negative of if the Golden State wins the title because we're rooting for them. They're so fun to watch. Come on,
1: I am, yeah. I am. I mean, they won. They won on Monday night, shooting nine for forty from three. Like, come on. How does Boston lose Monday night's game? Like, I, I just don't get the it. The only I
0: negative would be if Golden State wins and Iguodala somehow gets a lot of credit for it or any would credit he, for I it. I mean,
1: he's he probably. But I'm just
0: saying at the. <laughs> When they come time to like review that Hall of Fame resume, he could say, hey, four titles. I was a finals MVP one time. Like, I think he's going to make it. I've told you this
1: before. And he also gets the good guy like bump because people like him. I will say this, though. Have you not seen that clip of him like screaming at Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, I'm sure he's
0: helpful in a Yutanas Haslam kind of way, maybe. But I think he's he's going to make the Hall of Fame. And he he's probably one of the worst. What do, th- what do you worst.
1: think? Basketball references Hall of Fame.
0: Like? I know. I, I was just looking it up because I'm guessing it's very low. It's got to be low. It's six percent. That's too low. That's that's way too low. I think it's fifty fifty. If he wins the title, he let's see. He's never made an All NBA team, but he's he's made one All Star game. Like, there's no way he should make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he probably, But I, people I think, like debate like Robert Ory should make the Hall of Fame. So yeah, like, six
1: six rings, right? I mean six uh, percent seems low. It's higher than that. Also, he's made $200 dollars in his career. 186 okay. million. That's that's pretty good. He's a good investor. He's got a podcast. Oh, that's that's what I wanted to close on real quick.
0: He never averaged uh, 20 points a game. I thought he was like a 24, six and six kind of guy in his prime, but no. No,
1: like 18, 6 and 6, right? Yeah. Poor man's yeah. LeBron. That's what they used to call him in Philly. Like he he did everything LeBron did, but just worse. Which is true. He he actually, you know, in is his this, prime... this
0: accurate? This is hard to imagine, not to deep dive on Iggy. The one year he made the all-star team. In Philly, he averaged for the season. You know, all stars before that, but average for the season, twelve points and six rebounds a game. Seems a little odd. Seems accurate,
1: right? I mean, uh, I do I, I want to call one thing out right. I think it's hilarious that so so Draymond Green, he's very good in, inside the NBA. Like he's he's good in interviews, whatever. But there's this whole like contingent of people that's like, oh, this is the new media. It's Draymond. It's CJ McCollum. It's JJ Redick. And the CJ McCollum, JJ Redick, like beatdowns of Stephen Smith Stephen A. Smith are funny but like it is amazing how frequently Draymond's podcast gets worked into like the worked into game flow anecdotes and and I don't like I think Van Gundy would be better without Mark Jackson I think Mark Jackson is abysmal I think Van Gundy is not very good Mike Breen probably has long COVID he made a couple comments Monday night, like, biggest lead of the game when it was, like, eight points and Golden State. I like Mike Green. like Mike Green. Mike Green's good. Mike Green's good. Mike good. Yeah. But he has to manage, like, a, you know, two guys who are basically, like, the, the two old dudes. Like, yeah, but you
0: bar. know what? Like, in the defense of these announcers it's, or, like, it, radio show hosts, like Stephen A. Smith, if it, you need content, like. Yeah, it's like, you're talking for three hours. You're oh, yeah, going to make a few mistakes.
1: And here's the thing. Like, I don't – the the reason I don't like Mark Jackson – is because I don't think he offers anything to the game. He just speaks in, like, total cliches about, like, old NBA and toughness. And then Jeff Van Gundy, who has proven time and time again that he is a very knowledgeable basketball guy, instead is, like, selling out for jokes and talking about, like, you know, things that he hates. And it's like, what? Like, just tell us what's going on. And, and Van Gundy will sometimes do that. But I, I just think it's great that, like, Draymond is so – so much of like a lightning rod for opinions that like he does something, it's like, ah, oh, I can't wait to hear what he's gonna say on his podcast. And like the advertising for his podcast, it's just out of control. It's so good. It's, well, and
0: Van Gundy and he's, like
1: he's getting his podcast out within like three hours of the game being you know, over. I know. We, we it's a video, so it's a go. video too. It's great, it's it's fantastic. Van
0: Gundy, though, the one thing I think he's failed at. Um, he kind of plays a role, I think, on the broadcast where he's like um the grumpy old dad you know yes. and and i think he like plays down like how much he knows about basketball to some degree
1: yeah um, i agree with you he 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 wants to be more like village idiot than than he actually right. is cuz he thinks and, it makes him more likable i think and and it might there's not a lot of i, I don't know how many people no i like agree bars. i think he's
0: likable people don't like him but like, I, I, think I think he's, he's good too. i think he's funny but i think that playing that role of like kind of the sticky role like has hurt because he's he wants to be a coach still and like, he doesn't want to not gotten a job but he
1: doesn't want to move really either though like he keeps applying for like the rockets job because he lives in houston
0: and it's like but can contrast that with like john gruden who who broadcasts and then like suddenly gets 10 million dollars <laughs> a year to coach
1: and then fired um, for being you know
0: abusive. do you see that sean payton this is off the road but that Four years, a hundred million dollars to coach before he, he I did like, not allowed
1: to do that. I did not see that, but that was that was like part of the rumor that like Tom Brady was going to go to Miami. Right. Miami like too, the right? idea like,
0: was Miami. Tom Brady's going to Miami. Sean Payton's going to Miami. The problem is he was still under contract. Yeah, so he's
1: was, still under contract for another year. He'll be the coach of the yeah. Dallas Cowboys after this season. Not that's not like. But like, talk great. about
0: like rewriting the value. If he gets twenty million a year,
1: I mean, how, how much does think? like Bill Belichick make? I don't think even ten. I'm guessing. I'm Who's the sure. highest paid NBA coach? Pop.
0: That's a good question. I don't think it's over 10 though. I don't it? think
1: it's Greg Popovich either. But I would be surprised if it's if it's over 10 million.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's that high.
1: I mean, who do you think would be the highest paid NBA coach? Spolster or Greg Popovich, They right? they
0: claim Spolster is only making 3 million a year, which seems very That doesn't hard to surprise leave. me.
1: Part of part of Spolster like just loves coaching, right? That's like his thing. But I, I don't know. I my, my
0: I don't think there's any way they claimed Popovich makes 10 million a year, which that makes That sounds
1: sense. that sounds about right.
0: I just don't think there's any way you could justify an NBA coach making more than that.
1: You think it's eh, in the same we, way you we, can't. We, we'll NFL. need some content in the offseason. This might be a fun one yeah. to actually like flesh out because like, I will say that like Steve Kerr probably makes a lot of money. Not that he needs it, but, but you know, I, I wouldn't say that I think Ime has been out coached. I think he's done a really good job. And I think very clearly the Celtics needed a new voice. He came in with a, a defensive system, but like, I think one of the big not uh, one of the big like pluses of Steve Kerr has been that like, he is such a good delegator. Like it's very clear that hiring Mike Brown was, was hugely important to the Warriors defensively because yeah, like they have Draymond green and and they found Gary Payton, but this is also a team that's playing clay Thompson who, who doesn't look like he can move. Jordan Poole might be the worst defender in the NBA. Steph is a, a good defender. Okay. Defender, but like, you know, Looney isn't a great defender, right? Otto Porter is like a capable rebounder. Andrew Wiggins was never a good defender. And like, Steve Kerr's just like, you know what? We're going to run our scheme with what Mike well, Brown and wants. And also, like,
0: yeah, th- there's a tie into that, like the Brian Windhorst <laughs> checkbook thing, where it's like, that is one edge you can get. Steve Kerr makes $9.5 million dollars a year. Right. But you can also get top assistants. Like, it's amazing. Out. They have two assistants on the bench who have head coaching jobs next right,
1: year. Right, yeah, Kenny Atkinson, we, we didn't even talk about that, got the Hornets yeah. job, and
0: then Mike Brown has- And the, they're finishing out the season, which they should, but like, you, you that have, two, have three head coaches on the bench right now.
1: And Ron Adams could have been a head coach at some point if he wanted to be a head coach. He's turned down opportunities or whatever. You did have a great joke, by the way. You should get credit for this. But in the midst of, like, the Andrew Wiggins, like, explosion last night, I think this was, like, right after he had the big dunk kind of to end the game – you uh you texted me and said that Mike Brown can't wait to max
0: him. <laughs> well, he was like seen talking to him like in an, yeah. like, an emotional moment. And that's such a king's <laughs> move to go against like forty million a year.
1: I love Mike Brown. He's such a nice guy. And I really like, like it too. He I, really I can he, well. he really can coach defense. I think that is that that much is very clear. Whether he can coach offense, you know, it remains to be seen. But and I think like that's part of it. Is like I think Yudoka has done an amazing job with Boston. I think, you know. I would expect them to be good again, obviously in the future, and and then they can still win the series. I'm not I'm not writing them off. I think Golden State's going to win. I think Golden State's going to win on Thursday and close it out. But you know, Kerr has just been so good, even despite the fact that like they had Kevin Durant and all these different guys. Like he just deserves a lot of credit to, to bring Mike, this team. Mike back, Brown,
0: by the way, hasn't been a coach in like six years, but when he was coached seven full seasons, yeah. only one losing season, never. Missed the second round of the playoffs, except for that one. I time mean, how
1: many of those good. seasons were LeBron though?
0: Well, let's not get
1: crazy here. yeah no, I mean Mike Brown's <laughs> good, and people really like Mike Brown, and that's another yeah. thing. But I, but
0: I, but I he also coached good. LeBron to sixty six wins one year, and they um... yeah.
1: One of the one of the problems with those teams was like Mike Brown's teams were so good at beating teams they were clearly better than, and then not as good at beating teams who were like close to his talents. as them. It was kind of weird, you know.
0: Like that year, Delonte West started 64 games.
1: He was pretty good. That roster wasn't great. All right. Well, what's so your prediction is what? Boston wins on Thursday. Boston wins a close
0: game. Game seven looks close for a little bit. And then there's some patented like Golden State flurry. And then they, you know, celebrate the title. I think. I mean, and then we we get to
1: next week, assuming Golden State wins, next week gets to be either way. We'll do half draft talk half Steph Curry narrative talk because it's if he, you know, he wins, he gets his finals MVP. He's got four rings. Like clearly the best player in this series probably should be seri- finals MVP. Regardless. That's your own take. I'm agreeing with you. He's been very clearly.
0: Well, he was bad in game five. If, he was not th- that bad in game five. He, he was, he just didn't shoot it well. If Tatum has two big games, he'll win.
1: Right. And and yeah. then, and then we still have time for that. Jalen Brown, same, same thing. Like if Jalen Brown averages 35 a game over the next two games, he'll win MVP.
0: But right. I just don't see that to, to this, this
1: point story. in the series. Steph Curry has very clearly.
0: Yeah. Been. Well, if I was voting now, I would give Wiggins second.
1: Yeah. I think Wiggins. And then been. who
0: would be third? I don't even know. Maybe Tatum, I guess
1: Tatum or Brown. I mean, Brown
0: Brown was five or 18 though. Yeah.
1: Like, he was not very good. <laughs> they, they, it's it's interesting. He loves driving the ball into traffic and not knowing what he's doing. If he's not going to the rim, should watch some Andrew Wiggins film. All right. That's it for us this week. We will be back. Uh, once we crown a champion, uh, he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show ZandrickEllison at gmail.com. And uh, as always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts Tyler Lory and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.